The views expressed in our episodes are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show, Catfish Cops. I'm Tony Godwin. I'm Brandon Port. Thank you for joining us today as we bring you another case study. Uh, today, who are we shouting out to, Tony? Well, again, uh, and like we did in the last couple of weeks, I think uh, we owe a good shout out to Texas State Representative Morgan Meyer and all of his help with uh, the two bills that we have moving forward, House Bill 3110, House Bill 3111. Yep. Please, if you have any sort of um, connections or your state rep or state senator, please go express your support for those two bills as they will help protect our kids. Um, and we want to shout out to our colleagues and friends over the DCAC. Um, we just really have only good things and positive things to say about that yeah, location, we, that process. We're so, finally getting our, uh, getting our stuff together on our uh, joint effort and having them on the podcast. We'll yeah. be doing a big recording here. Coming up. Yeah, they'll be joining us here in a couple of weeks, um, and we will get to continue our DCAC 101 series where we detail the life of a case at the Dallas Children's Advocacy Center. Um, and if you don't understand that process, this is a really good series to tune into because we're going to have experts in their field, um, in the fields of family advocacy and forensic interviewing and the multidisciplinary team process and um, the education component, which a lot of people may not understand or may not realize that there's a huge education component at the DCAC. They have a, a an actual um, section of training and educating um, by which they go out into the public to anyone who requests or, or um, professionals or citizens or um, anyone that seeks any sort of training online and they will bring that training to you free of charge with resources that can teach you how to better prepare yourself for the possibility of having an outcry of sexual abuse or how to prevent those kind of things, how to teach your kids about their own safety. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So what are we doing today, Tony? We're talking about a case, right? Yep. We're uh, drilling back to 2017. This is a case of Brandon's from uh, October 2017, stemming from a online ad service, online ad provider that we have discussed before. I'm going to get our sounds ready because Tony's been pressuring me to use the laugh tracks a lot more. So right. I'm going to... Use our canned laughter that sounds like every every sitcom from the nineteen. Bring the volume down a little, then it'll then it'll go good. Nineteen sixties. Every every sitcom had the same laughs from nineteen sixties through the nineteen nineties. Did you realize that? But if they're plugged in appropriate places, then I think it works. Okay, never mind. All right. So back in October of two thousand seventeen, I answered a Craigslist ad. Here we are on Craigslist again. Um, this was kind of like Tony reminisces and goes nostalgic for you right. about the Yahoo chats. I tend to do that about the Craigslist area yeah, um, because it was just rife with people who were yes. looking for hookups 
Um, Fish in the proverbial barrel. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how it was up until I think it was 2018 that um, it was reined in and they got rid of the personal section when they got rid of um, Backpage as well. Yeah. Well, they got rid of the names <laughs> and they just sort of went in other areas. Yeah. So it's not, as we've said before, our, our offenders didn't leave. They just went elsewhere. So when you scatter, you know, these guys to the wind, it's not like they're like, oh, I think I'm going to stop looking for kids to have sexual contact with. They're just going to do it in different areas. So that didn't really fix that problem. It just spread it out. Um, but what happened, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe the history of this is um, already known, but there were... There were attempts to shut down places like Backpage.com yeah. and the personal section because of the human trafficking element that Correct. was occurring on there. So a lot of those, you know, I think it was good intention. It, it shut down those places and probably did save a lot of people and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of bad incidents. But it did mean that we had to just find out where our guys were going instead. Yeah, it's not as though they're going to stop seeking out that information. And even though Backpage was shut down, you know, within a very, very short amount of time, a new site was open. Yeah. Uh, because those people that are out there, there's the volume is so high, they're going to go somewhere else, if not even start their own um, in some form or fashion. But it just takes a little bit longer for us to figure out exactly, well, where did they all go? Yeah. So we have found a few of them, but this is still when Craigslist had its personal section and uh, <laughs> I answered an ad. So go ahead and read that quote. This is the title of the ad. I, I just, I don't know. It makes me laugh. Okay. So this one was titled Silver Haired Hung Daddy Seeking Family Fun. And this is in the male for, uh, man for man, married woman. Sorry. Uh, I haven't seen that in such a long time. Man for married woman. Yeah. <laughs> and then says downtown. Um, Silver haired hung daddy seeking family fun. Okay. So family was the key word there. And why yeah. is that? Why is, uh, and maybe we've talked about that, but why does family fun stick out? Well, it's just a, a common place where we find a lot of people that relate to things such as incest or other terminology that we know in the industry related to taboo uh, or as Angela described last time, insect lovers. Insect. Yeah. Maybe that's the new, uh, the new thing we need to start looking for. I have to know. look that up. Uh, yeah. So silver haired hung daddy was the, the, the descriptor. Um, and the ad included a body that said heavy height, six foot, um, age 64. And the post contained three images that appeared to be an adult made to look younger performing in sexual acts with males and females. Mm -hmm. And the body of the ad stated hung daddy seeking a family, which plays together. Perhaps you are a multi-generational nudist family or a mother who plays with her daughter, a daddy who plays with his daughter. I am extremely open and non-judgmental and believe we are all sexual creatures regardless of age. I am available to travel anywhere in the DFW and out of area if necessary. Taboo, incest, family, daddy, and daughter. Now that is an ad <laughs> chock full of red flags. Yes. Like chock full of them. Well, what sticks out to you the most? <laughs> And maybe I mean, we should start with listeners. What sticks out to you the most? I mean, I hope that that kind of makes you go, ew. 
Yeah, it should give everybody the creeptastic um, image in their mind because this is absolutely creeptastic. But uh, obviously where the daddy-daughter thing is mentioned and talked about, but uh, the whole, you know, I'm open-minded, I'm non-judgmental, all sexual creatures regardless of age. (laughs) That's going to come back up. You know, and his willingness to travel not only in the North Texas area, but other places as well. And then his little signature of taboo incest and family daddy daughter. That's all just big, big, giant red flags. This would have been a very good ad to reply to, which is why I suspect you replied. Why I responded. So I responded um, this time as a mother. um, And I won't tell you exactly how I responded, but I did indicate that, you know, I'm not a mom doing anything with my daughter, but I did tell him that I was kind of interested in something um, and, and kind of just said, you know, threw it back in his court. So as you've been told many times, Craigslist is an, is an email platform at first. Um, And you email back and forth through this anonymous um, email setup that they have in, in the system. So when you respond to an ad, it anonymizes my email to him. His email is anonymized back to me and it stays that way unless one or the other decides to give their real email. So he responded right out of the gate that he was interested. And he spoke about and asked if I was looking for an older man to mentor and teach the children about exploring their sexuality. You know, think of this as the opener. This is the opening line in some communications, you know, if that didn't make you, if it didn't make you go hearing it in the ad, I hope that first email makes you say something of that sort. Um, We're going to talk about a common defense that we get um, thrown up at us. Um, And I want, and Hey, look, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. So we always put out there like, Hey, email in and throw us your thoughts, you know, let us know what you're thinking about these kind of things. But we're serious. Like we give out our email and we try to respond to Instagram and and Facebook and, and all of the comments that get thrown our way um, through our email. And so I want to know like, your thoughts as we go about this defense that you're going to hear about that, that comes up later. But off the bat, he's saying, um, he's asking if I'm looking for an older man to mentor and teach the kids about their sexuality. So he asked about both kids. Um, and I had a younger under seven daughter and Mm. an older, a little bit older daughter. Um, and he was asking about both of them, but he said like specifically asked about the under seven year old, um, and asked about like if, if I was interested in him doing something with her, um, which kind of threw me because like, I didn't know how to respond. Like normally, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a normal response of off the bat, but he said it would be fun and, and, you know, to do teach both. And wow. so he gave his email right off the bat and I gave him an email. And so we started communicating through our personal emails back and forth. Um, and this started, uh, uh, probably a good month of conversation, almost two months of conversation, but conversation, it's not really conversation. Yeah. It was discussed, but he started off asking me why I was interested in this and, and why, you know, I would be allowing this to happen or what was making me, what was the reasoning behind that? And we have a lot of reasons, you know, that there's never a good reason, but no. where do we come up with these 
profiles, Tony? We've said it a thousand times. Yeah, I mean, they come stemming from real cases that we worked and, you know, with real victims. And unfortunately, you know, those victims grow up and become parents. And sometimes those uh, those things sort of follow them throughout their life if they can't get redirected and back on track. And so sometimes it turns into something just like this where, you know, an, an adult is doing the completely unimaginable, the unthinkable. Yeah. So do, do people really let strangers have sex with their kids, Tony? Unfortunately, yes, they do. And so that's why we never want to seem like we're just making something up out of the air. And as you heard from Angela um, last time, who is coming from the prosecutor side, she's talking about that entrapment issue. And so I don't want it to seem like I'm ever doing like anything that would be forcing someone to do something they wouldn't ordinarily do. Um, But this is why we bring this up. This is something that we have seen in cases. We have seen stories of other cases. We have talked to other investigators that had real cases where parents were allowing their kids to be sexually abused for whatever reason, whatever. And it's never a good reason, obviously, but it's whatever reason that they had. Um, So I gave him mine and we started talking about that. And of course, as we see a lot of times, he starts giving examples of other girls he quote unquote mentored. Yeah, that's, uh, it's certainly not uncommon. We've talked about it plenty of other times. Uh, they almost always will make some mention at some point, either someone they've had experience with or someone they potentially have access to. And so obviously our concerns are raised exponentially when we hear that and our, our processes to attempt to get this person identified begin to sort of accelerate because, you know, uh, while yes, nothing has occurred as of this moment um, at the time, but we do have to put to rest pretty quickly if there's access to a real child and obviously get to, if that's the case, get that kid removed from that situation. I mean, I start working on identification and that starts with his email and, and sort of, and with Craigslist and, and going towards that kind of thing. So he started asking questions, the typical questions. Now, this is this is unique or different in that he's not asking me as a child these questions. Right. Uh, he's asking me as the mother of this child these questions. And how? so, I don't know, Tony, maybe you can give the investigator's perspective about how that changes things. How does it change, you know, legally what we have to do? And, like, I mean, clearly he's not, is he committing a crime? At the moment, he's not. I mean, he's committing creepy behavior and probably some belief that things potentially happened in the past or things that he would like to do. But he's, by definition, he's not necessarily doing a crime yet. Um, but it's a big, it's still a very big problem um, because these kind of cases in themselves are very difficult to do because of uh, existing laws that we have related to prostitution, you know, other sorts of trafficking that happen, adult trafficking that happens. Um, and so you don't want to blur the lines and make this in any sense about the adult, but you don't want it to come across like he's going to be tipped off. Like, Oh, this is some sort of a sting. So there is a balance, you know, that you have to walk one that I don't do very often. Cause I don't, I don't like that balance. And it's not, it's not that, well, it's not a crime, so it's fine. 
Um, we are very aware, keenly aware of the constitutional protections of free speech. And so we don't delve into those issues. We certainly don't um, try to trample on that aspect. Um, but certainly when different things that do meet the elements of a crime start occurring, then it's like, okay, now, you know, now we're moving forward in that direction. Um, and so he started asking me questions about my older daughter and asking about, um, if she had had her period and kind of development issues and, you know, sort of like what sort of things Gross. she was, <laughs> did you just have a, a gag reflex come nah, up? I just thought like, what, what's wrong with people? Man? I like, mean, he's 64. On. So already the creepiness factor is up, but he's talking about, he asks me what I would want him to do with my younger daughter, um, which, you know, begs to, the question is to whether he's done things with very young girls um, and sort of the difficulty, like as we've said on the, on other things, like it, even after we've made contact or arrested someone and, and we start digging, sometimes we believe someone may have done something and we can't always prove that. Right. Like it's right. very difficult to, you know, because I'm, sometimes without other evidence or other factors leading us in a different direction. Yep. What are we left with? We're left with what the offender is going to tell us. Exactly. And what is the offender going to tell us about sexual contact with a child, Tony? Yeah. Well, they're going to tell us that, well, no, I've never done anything like that before ever. I swear. <laughs> this is, this is first my first time, time ever. Exactly. I've never even seen a computer before I've, talking I've never to seen her. a child. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what children look like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a tangent. Uh, so he also started asking about, immediately asking about, well, we'll need birth control for your older daughter. Um, and that's why he was asking those questions about the period thing, because he was talking about having sex with her. And so obviously in his mind is also, you know, we can't have her getting pregnant or having something like that. Um, so he was very graphic. And I am sparing you some of the graphic nature, although maybe I should read some of his <laughs> emails well um, you know so he was you did promise to be a little more graphic i'm going to be a little more graphic i'm trying not to be super graphic for graphic sake but i do also want you to know like this is kind of what goes on um particularly so let's tell the story as to why we're being more graphic maybe that's a good time for this now yeah okay so uh we received some feedback uh in an email from a listener who is overseas and um, she indicated that, Hey, you know, I love the podcast and I'm, uh, over here in another country, you know, like us doing God's work. And we're not going to name the country for right. her safety. We're not going to name her, but she came from a nonprofit background and is now doing yeah. what we do over there. Correct. And so, uh, she told us a, a little scenario that we'll probably get into a little bit later, but generally she's like, Hey, I love it. And it came with a but, and the well, but let's talk. was, she was, let's just tell the scenario. The scenario is she's working as a nonprofit person that goes in and does like a prison thing. Yeah. Um, like a reach out, um, prison. I don't want to say ministry cause I don't know that it was yeah, a ministry, no. but a prison outreach program. And so she had gone in, in this other country to the prisons. Um, and we did ask her if this was okay to share. So she had gone in and was talking to, uh, I believe an American who was yes. arrested for meeting for sex with a young child. 
Um, and she said, you know, the American said that it was a misunderstanding and he was, you know, under the belief that this was not enough, you know, an underage kid. And it was kind of the misunderstanding. And she was very like, I, I believed him. He was sincere and I, I felt bad for him. I think it was a misunderstanding. And then she talked to the person running the thing right, and was told, no, in fact, but it was much worse, right? Yeah, yeah. much far worse, you know, unimaginable things that, uh, you know, as human beings, we don't want to think or believe that someone has the propensity to do that when it does happen. But it was the way it was described to her it was a very, very graphic admission uh, to the things that were done. And then this sort of like put it in perspective, I guess, for her to say, yeah, it opened like, up wow. eyes. you know, like, <clears throat> wow. You yeah. Know? It opened her eyes to like, Hey, that's, it's what all of our offenders are going to minimize deflect. It's not me. It wasn't, it was a misunderstanding, but in fact, many things had been done and it was far worse than she even understood. And she just said flat out, like, I get what you're trying to do, but I think people need to be aware of how this happens. Um, I think people need to be aware so that they don't believe the lies that these offenders tell because, and we've seen it, we've seen lies that the offenders tell their families and the public and their friends and the communities around them, you know, where it was, well, I was set up or it was just an under a misunderstanding or, you know, I replied to something. I was curiously looking at something and then I didn't realize what it was and I deleted it and then I got arrested. And that is not the case. Right. (laughs) Most of the time we're seeing these, these guys are far worse. So here I'm going to describe, here's one email he wrote to me pretty early on. Well, wait, we didn't finish what oh, her suggestion sorry, was. Ahead. Her suggestion was, you know, let the people hear, let them hear what those communications are and what those communications say, because those listeners that you have that have kids that are online, this is what is being targeted to them potentially. And so they really need to understand the gravity of it. Yes. It's a little shock and awe. Yes. It's a little hard to hear. It's not for, you know, sick to be sick on purpose. It's to yeah. send you the message that this is a real thing. So we want hear this, we want you listening. We want you telling your friends and family so that they listen, because we believe that this is the only way we can stop this and child abuse in general is to educate the public, yep. educate parents and their kids about how to protect themselves from this. That's the whole purpose of this. You know, there's a lot of entertainment along the way. You learn a lot of interesting things, we hope. But ultimately, the end result is we're hoping to educate in a way that we can stop this crime from occurring. And so, yes, Tony did yep. gloat a little bit. I did. I sent a very nice uh, thank you you know, praise Jesus kind of 10, emoji. 10,000 bit emojis with it. Yeah. It was really great. It was, it was really romantic. I but thought. But, it was, uh, <laughs> it was certainly like a, yeah, I, I do agree. Um, and it sort of opened my eyes to like, yeah, okay. So we will stop trying to protect as much. I still want to protect, but I also realized that like, in order for you to know how bad this is, you yep. do need to know the truth. 
Um, so this is not a shock and awe. It is legitimately like you just need to know what they're saying and how they're saying it and what they want to do with kids because it's hard to believe. Um, and that's what, you know, Carrie said when she came on, right? Yeah. That no one believes, wants to believe child sexual abuse occurs because it's not a crime that we see every day. It's not, you know, a bank robbery or something like that that they show on the news. It is something that happens in secrecy. Um, and so it's hard to believe that people do these things, especially to us and you, the normal society that would never yeah. do something like this. Oh, it yeah. And you'd never even, you probably wouldn't even see these kind of communications on any level. Um, you know, anyway, it, it, I think it'll speak for itself when he reads it, but, um, yep. go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah. So I just put into my notes, like he was extremely graphic about how you'd prepare the children and assured he would be gentle. But now I'll read the, the direct email that I was protecting you from, which says, um, he, he asks about some details and asks, and he says, so you think your oldest is ready to take my big daddy cock. It will take lots of prep and time. Usually several sessions of me licking her sweet pussy, fingering her, maybe using some toys and gradually pushing my cock inside of her. The five-year-old can watch and play with it. I will teach her to jack me off and suck it. I have prepped girls before, and you can trust me to be gentle and caring. Yeah. Ba-dum-bum. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's the only one I'm going to read. because I can imagine there were many, many more yeah. just like that. Yeah. And that's so when I start questioning him about things like that, and he says, I state, he stated something we've heard before and we heard it in his ad, right? I believe, and he said it again, he reiterated it to me. I believe we are all sexual creatures regardless of age. Who else yeah. says this, but someone who wants to do things to kids? Because I don't, there's no need for a qualifier. <laughs> There's no need for the qualifier, regardless of age. Regardless of age. <laughs> I, I don't, because I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah. But I've heard many people um, say the same thing that we're chatting with now, even that, that have told right. me, you know, that this is just a number put upon by politics and yeah, you know, the, the government <laughs> and society and well, da, 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 free yourself. Come to me, child. Come to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't I took look a at tangent. Me. Don't just, look at me that way. When you say that, please I just took a, uh, took just a left turn Clyde. So he graphically described laying in bed with, with actually who's in bed at night and he was messaging me how he was imagining my kids with him and what they would be doing. And so I started the identification process very quickly yeah, <laughs> and trying it's to figure out expedited requests. Like. Yeah. So Mr. Porter specifically said that teaching them sexual behavior with him ready for this would, would make them more confident, more mature, and even help them to do better in school. <laughs> and I wrote delusional much, right? Like, yeah. So oh, this guy's really selling it, man. <laughs> So let's talk about that. More confident, more mature, and help them do better in school. I don't think what we know of child sexual abuse says yeah. any of that's accurate. Yeah, I, I think every bit of that is complete bunk and bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, But it makes me wonder, and it did make me wonder, like, what experience is he having in this? What is his? Is it just Is it just something that he's come up with, or does he have something that he's basing that on? And what's our worst fear, of course, is that he's doing things with Yeah, or has kids, done right? things. And if, if he's been successful, if he's done this with a real kid and he's been successful and this was his methodology of getting to that goal, 
it's clear that he would repeat this same thing because it worked in the past. Most people, you know, they stick to their routines. They do what they do and how they do it because it works for them and it's, it's been successful in the past. So there's no real reason to do anything different. It's, it's just, uh, trying to put all those pieces of the puzzle together quick enough, uh, to make sure that obviously our number one priority is that he has no access to a real kid. Well, and he spoke about, then he starts telling me, spoke about the last time he did something like this, which of course, uh, you know, your, your stomach drops. He said he's having an affair with a, he was having an affair with a woman at work and she began letting her daughter watch them engage in sexual activity and then eventually let her join in. Um, and then he went on to say that he had engaged in sexual contact with a nine-year-old female, which so that really started pushing things in a faster direction. The nine-year-old being the child of the woman he was having the affair nope. with or a completely, a completely separate oh, child. Damn. So it was the daughter of the woman he was having an affair with. And in addition, I've also done this with a nine-year-old girl. I can tell you the previous thing you said about how, you know, I was dating this woman and then she let her daughter watch us and then, then you know, to join, uh, in. join in it eventually, but to sort of desensitize while she watched, that's a legit thing. I, I worked an active case, um, you know, three, four years ago on that, um, that very, very same situation. So yeah. I started to think like, as I was hearing this and, and reading what you just put, I was thinking like, I wonder if it's the same guy. <laughs> But we'll talk after this is over. We'll see. <laughs> no, we, uh, yeah, we, I mean, I hate to say that. I, I hate that that's the truth is that we base these profiles and we base the directions we kind of go in these on real events. And so, yeah, this is one that like he's telling us verbatim things we've seen in real cases. And that's sad. I mean, it's just yeah. terrible that that that's and that he's bragging about it now like it wasn't like something he got caught and now he's just using it as another reason to, or you know anyway yeah. so he stressed the necessity for secrecy of course and he told me and i'm quoting your daughter cannot go around telling people they are sexually active basically you because think? we'll get in trouble right <laughs> yeah what's going to happen when that 7 year old goes into school and tells uh but the he teacher. didn't say what's funny is when he said it, he didn't say like, I'm sexually active with this old guy. He said, I don't want him saying, you know, he said, imagine if they go tell their teacher where I'm sexually active with a boy. And I'm like, you're not a boy. You're a right. grandfather. You're a grandfather. Um, so yeah, he, he, it was a lot of delusional stuff as far as what he thought would happen, but he expressed wanting the girls to call him daddy. And I, balked at that idea, you know, you know, saying that you're not their daddy. And he was like, no, 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 this is not father wise. This is like sexually. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the sound I made. Yeah. So he was aware Jeez. of what he was doing. He told me we could run into someone, you know, I, he wanted to meet and I said, we might, you know, be care We've got to be careful. And he, and he actually said to me, well, we could run into someone I know. What would I say? Oh, I'm going to have sex with these two little girls and we're just getting to know each other. Really? I understand why you're paranoid. So <laughs> how perceptive this guy is, but, but right. So what does that show? Of course that shows he's very clearly understanding the ramifications of what he's doing. This is not something that, you know, if he's just talking about this and this is just something that he's, you know, having a 
figment of his imagination, then is he going to run into someone? Why would he be paranoid about yeah. that? You know, and what, he's paranoid. what difference would that make? <laughs> right. So he was nervous and he said, for one thing, it's against the law and I have to trust that you're not setting me up to be arrested. Dun, dun, dun. And I didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded question. If, if you're a cop, you have to tell me. <laughs> and I and I did. I told him I'm a police. No, I didn't. But then, and I've got it in big bold letters, he suggested, of course, it would be fun to play with the girls in the pool. It is a good way to establish body contact. Yeah, so that's an interesting dynamic there, just simply because we know from working hands-on cases with real uh, child victims that this is a common thing, uh, you know, casual contact, whether uh, mm-hmm. what might appear to be something non-sexual, moving a child from this side of the pool to this side of the pool, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, we, well, it, gosh, even one of my cases that we talked about, right, that, that he was talking to me as a mom and he right. wanted to meet us at the pool because then he could see the form of the girls in their bathing right. suits. So that makes you wonder like how many times have you been at the pool where someone's there and watching the kids and what's the purpose? You know, that that's what makes, makes yeah, me there, wonder to me that you, you know, you, Pay attention to your surroundings, obviously. Things like tickle games and roughhousing and wrestling around. Sometimes, not every time, sometimes those could be masqueraded for other ways for someone like this to get their jollies, get their thrills. But the pool's a big one. You see some creepy guy there that's by himself, clearly, with nobody with him, no family, no grandkids. You should take note of somebody. Well, and honestly, <laughs> unfortunately, this guy could have had grandkids there, right. and you now don't know. Um, well, my identification came back with with Mr. Porter, right. and it was interesting because it was like he, the the elderly of the Porters, was in one place; the younger of the Porters was near to us. But every so, it was sort of like, okay, this could be this young one, young son of Porter. Oh, you know, yeah, there yeah. was a dad and son. And so it was like, this could be the son I'm talking to, but everything else pointed towards the elderly, right. elderly, the older dad. But that, it would really be interesting if it was the <clears throat> son saying, hey, it's me, my dad. Like, you really got to know what kind of dad issues going on in that relationship, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm going to get this old man one way or the other. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, thankfully, no, it wasn't. Everything was everything was pointing back towards... Um, the, the dad elder. and, yeah. and yes, I did wonder like, is this guy going to then say, you know, it was not me and what kind of issues that would bring up. So we did a really very thorough job in identifying him and come to find out he's not even in DFW. He was in another city, um, further South, about three hours away. Oh, wow. So what does that bring up? That brings up a whole multitude of of issues right we have to now coordinate with other agencies but it was sort of like we did you know is he going to come up here from three hours away are we you know what are we going to do so we just let it go for a little bit um and after much discussion he said which kind of like made me wonder why but he said oh he felt he was forcing these girls into a sexual experience and you know, didn't feel good about that. So he decided to 
not come up yet. You know, like, I don't know. I don't want to force them. Um, and then he started asking about, are there other men interested in them and things like that? And, and so like some jealousy came out as he continued talking to me. So it went on for about three weeks where we were just sort of like, okay, I'm, you're going, I'm not worrying about you anymore. Right. Right. I'm talking to someone else. Um, and then he told me he had played with a nine-year-old the weekend before it was Thanksgiving. And he said he had played with a nine-year-old the weekend before um, and he was being extremely cautious. And then he told me he was around a five-year-old girl at Thanksgiving and imagined sexual activity with her. And that was telling me the nine-year-old the weekend before, and then Thanksgiving there I'm around other kids and I'm thinking of them. So because of his continued statements about sexually abusing and being around children, we made the decision that, nope, we are going to him and we're going to do a search warrant at his place. And so now we had to coordinate with another agency. Um, and I cannot say enough good things about the guys that we worked with at this guy at this awesome. agency. Yeah. So these guys were fantastic. I mean, we've talked about it before. It's very, very difficult when you have one of these situations. This is the, this is the beauty of, of ICAC on the national level is, you know, we know there are people in just about every city, pretty close to every city, that probably has somebody or knows somebody that's tied into the ICAC. And so we know the way they work things because we all work from the same standards. And so while a difficult, as difficult as it is to go and say, oh, hey, can we impede on you and have you, you know, suit up a bunch of your guys to come help or yeah. tag along with us? They're more than willing to do it. And we've done that for other places. Yeah. So we're used, you know, we, it would be really rude of us, right? To right. expect that of other people and then yeah, not play help. the same way. We don't help. <laughs> no, we don't do that. We, we absolutely drop what we're doing to try and help out. But in this case, like it was a, I mean, it was a, we're coming down there to do this. Would you help? And within cool. a day, they they began surveillance for us on the home. Oh, nice! They did you know mapping of things. They set up everything, and they actually um, they educated us on some phrases that I had never heard before. Oh. Not even regarding this, completely separate. Maybe I'll share those another time. But um, they they set up everything and suited up, and they were sort of a. Um, quasi SWAT team as well, their unit, because it was a small unit that did dangerous stuff as well. Yeah. And so they made entry and then we went in and interviewed and did, um, forensics and we found some, so I'm doing forensic examinations of computers on scene. And I did find a computer that had images depicting younger girls in sexual acts on one of the computers. Mm. Um, so that was of course, you know, kind of tied into that, this whole, I guess this whole offense, um, type. And so we interviewed his wife who had no clue what was going on. Um, and was Did he very, have grandkids? Uh, no. Well, wow. he did not there. Oh, not there. Um, but you know, so I, so of course it's like, okay, what do we have to do? We have to interview him. So we took him back to the office of the agency we were at and, um, we had made an arrest on him for some crimes that we had. And so we, we went to interview him and his excuse, and this is the defense I want your opinion on his excuse was that everything said and done in this case was all fantasy, right? Have we heard that before? We've heard that a lot. We've heard that a lot. So it's all fantasy. It's all made up. There's no real component. He was never doing anything. He's never done anything. It's all just fantasy in his mind, which made me 
think like, and this is how I, I answered. I said, okay, so tell me about, you know, having your fantasy of having a sec, a sexual encounter with a five-year-old. So you're just fantasizing about sex with a child. Tell me about that. And it was like, no, 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 I don't fantasize about sex with a child. And I'm like, well, uh-huh. it's one or the other, <laughs> it's buddy. One, it's one, one way or the other. You can't have both and they both be true. Um, he said it was a curiosity to hear people speak about, um, the curiosity of incest or family encounters. Um, and he had been talking to people about that and he would be in these rooms and they, you know, he would hear a, a person say how they were sexually abused by their father or a brother or some other thing. And then he referred to it as fantasy chat. And finally I just hit him with that. Like, okay, so let's talk about your fantasy of having sex yeah. with a child. Um, and he didn't have a good answer to that. He never was able to, answer that i asked him specifically like why didn't you mention that this was all fantasy and not real with the woman that you're talking to then and his response was oh yeah i should have done that huh i'll do that next time (laughs) sir (laughs) next time next time i swear i'll tell them that this is not real um but there were a lot of things about it that made me think like hey this is not this was not fantasy it maybe he wants to believe and maybe you know, I think really people do convince themselves, especially yeah. the ones we've talked to that like, Oh, I, this is just fantasy and it's okay. Yeah. Oh, when you're telling yourself the same story over and over and over and over, eventually you just take it as the truth. You know I mean? A yeah. lot of, a lot of people lying to yourself becomes yeah. true. So yeah, he, uh, he lied about being a, he says, oh, no, I just lied about this five-year-old being around the five-year-old at Thanksgiving. Um, of course, he said, I did not touch a, a nine-year-old the week before. Um, now, I can't verify. Was his know. wife cooperative? Did she interview and well, confirm or deny? Sort of. She, you know, she was, she was very, like, caught off guard. But she was m- much more of a, like, I'm not going to lie. Because, you yeah. know, she was like she has no reason to lie about anything. So she told me that, no, they were around a four year old and other kids at the Thanksgiving place. They were non-family, I guess. Uh, Both. Oh, and so, yeah, he, he lied about saying, Oh, I wasn't even around kids at Thanksgiving. And she said, no, yeah, we were around kids at Thanksgiving. Um, And so that made me, you know, curious as to was which kid he was sexually fantasizing about. Right. Um, so well, he was arrested, opened her eyes a little bit to say like, what the heck? Yeah. She, you know? she, yeah, she was, and it's, we say this every time and it's sad for the families because they don't know. And there it's not, you know, we do have cases and you'll probably hear one, um, in the next few years, if this continues <laughs> that, yeah. that we do have cases where the wives or girlfriends are involved and a part of the offense. Yep. Uh, but in this case, no, she was not. And much, much of the time, our cases are that the family was not involved. They did not know. Um, so the images were not able to be charged because typically we, well, we couldn't identify um, that they were actually known CSAM and they were in what we call age difficult category. So yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. So a lot of people think that when we are charging someone with CSAM, um, you know, there, there's a segment of society who thinks, oh, they, you know, this is a 16 year old or 17 year old that maybe they're 18 and they just look 17, they just look 16 or, or something like that, a gray area. And that's completely false. We don't charge those. We 
see that material. And while we may question it, if it's not an identified image that we're able to validate, we don't charge that. We just simply don't do it. When, when you hear from us that we have charged someone with possession or distribution or production of CSAM, you could know in your heart of hearts, in your mind, that this is clearly a child. Someone who at the glance, anybody at a glance would look and say, absolutely, that's a child. And, you know, that age range typically is in the 10 years and down, you know, typically. Yeah. Uh, but we just don't charge for age difficult stuff. Yeah, we were, I mean, look, and I think one of the statistics we've seen um, from a reputable organization says 78% of CSAM is prepubescent, under 12. Yeah. So when we're talking about that, we're, you know, like 12 and 13 is even pretty easy to identify, right. but the age difficult tends to be like 15, 16. Now we've told this story before, or we've told the story when we train, you know, that we've had people, I've had other cops that have left to other agencies and done some of the, the CSAM work. And they've told me like, Hey, when, you know, when I used to hear that term, I used to think, okay, some guy was looking for an 18 year old and thought, you know, she was 18 when she was 16 and he got arrested. And and then I saw right. what you're talking about. And that is not the case. And I said, yeah, the, no, what we're talking about is as yep. CSAM that we charge for is usually prepubescent. There is no question. It is a kid and even down to a uh, horribly down to infant and toddler age. Yeah. Um, the most difficult stuff that's out there. It's the worst. So, so he was not charged. We don't charge those age difficult. And I wanted to talk about that because I know that there's probably some people out there that believe that that is the case. And, yeah. and you know what? These offenders would have you believe, well, I thought she was 18, but she was 17 right. and I got charged and sentenced to 10 years in prison for that. And that is not the yeah. case. That's the story they tell their families, their coworkers, their, you know, whoever, their trusted friends that, Oh, I got railroaded. I, yeah. you know, she I turned out to be 16 and I thought she was 18. And- I'll say this. I can only speak for me, for Tony, <clears throat> um, and maybe a handful of people we work very closely with and none of us charge that. Nope. So if there has been charged that, that is not the way that we do this. And, uh, so you can rest assured that that is baloney when they tell you that story. So Mr. Porter said, uh, no, he was, I'm sorry. I, I got, Sidetrack there. He was charged with the criminal solicitation to commit this offense, um, which is the way we had to charge then. And ultimately, he was convicted and sentenced to 10 years of probation or community supervision and lifetime sexual offender registration. You know, I mean, for what that is, you know, we have our opinions of when we think someone should be locked up in prison and, and that varies sometimes based on what's in front of the prosecutors who have these abilities to do different things. But, uh, you know, at least what you can take away from this is that guy is being monitored, hopefully, uh, you know, by somebody at his local agency where he's required for registration. If he's caught with anything, you know, jammed up with anything within that time frame, well, then he's got a big old hill to climb. So, yep. I would so. imagine they come forward and a guy that's 64 is going to come forward with a bunch of health problems and issues to say, woe is me. I can't go to prison. You know, there's lots of things that, uh, are and said. he did actually have, um, some significant health issues. 
Mm. So that I'm not going to get into, but he did have some significant health issues and his age. Um, I do, you know, I think that, that we can't, I mean, we can't, we're not the decision makers on those things. Um, there are a lot of factors that go into that, but, um, on this one, that's what happened. So that is the story of Mr. Porter. I think we've got some takeaways in, you know, is it ideal? Is it ideal that we have to stop the case and like go get someone no it's never ideal to do that but it's based on a number of things and if they're saying hey i'm actively abusing a child well like we've said many times we're not going to take the risk that they're just fantasizing about it as he put uh that statement we're going to go down and make sure that we are erring on the side of caution we have seen cases where they were actively sexually abusing children and we can stop that from occurring and i would much rather stop that and and lose the best charge um yeah if we for sure invented something so yeah we're we're always going to err on that side so you know hopefully the graphic email didn't completely <laughs> drive you away um, but otherwise, we want to thank you again for being with us. Yep, Any, thank you uh, so much. Thing before we leave, Tony, and sign off. Uh, the only thing I would say is, if uh, anybody that's listening is in some sort of position where they need a resource of any sort, please go to our website www.catfishcops.com. <laughs> you did it again. Did I? <laughs> www. Dot. So sorry. I think people know that by this point. Catfishcops.com forward slash resources. Uh, there is such a ton of stuff there places you can go links to other spot you know other sites with plenty of other resources and things that you can find out so if that's something you feel like you need hop on over there and uh we appreciate you very much for listening all right we'll talk to you next time